And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon. We're going to talk about business consulting. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it, honestly. We're, we're going to cover a lot of stuff today, I think, because um, there's a lot of stuff that comes to selling online and e-commerce, and everything fits into the next thing. Before we get started, I introduce today's guest. Let's give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, FullScale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you're looking to... Um, Find a great development team, FullScale.io. It's a great place to start. Uh, me and today's guests are uh, quickly becoming good friends. We've been in the same industry, around the same people for quite a few years, and just more recently um, got to actually meet in person several times, and I've been on her podcast. Um, we were on an online seller cruise together uh, at Prosper. We're at, we're at all of the same events, so I'm super excited to have her here and really uh, for my own sake, as well as anyone listening today, get to know a little bit more about her story and really how she how she found ecom and how she just found this industry and she's been blazing ever since. Um, and without further ado, Amy Weiss, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Andrew. I'm just stoked to be here. Uh, it's been it's been on the calendar for a while, um, but I'm excited to ha to have you here as well. Your name comes up all of the time, and uh, it's just once you put a face to a name, it kind of just changes things. It's almost like you're trying to buy that car, and then you just see it everywhere. And so, um, since we've met, I've just seen you absolutely um, on everywhere from webinars and podcasts to um, you know the Mexico trip that's coming up. I think this episode might come out even after that trip, but that's going to be an awesome sourcing trip down in Mexico. Um, before we get into like even what you do and, and talking about your business model and how, how all the different ways you're helping sellers and businesses and brands, let's talk about Amy a little bit. And um, I know some of your background, but let's go back as far as you want. I know you're, you're an entrepreneur now, but uh, you know, growing up as a girl, did you, did you always think that you were going to be, um, you know, an entrepreneur or run your own business, or is it kind of something you fell into? Go all the way back, if you will, and just kind of share with us, like, um, you know, your early years. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Wisconsin. I was raised by a single mom and okay. um, we were dirt poor, very, very poor. Um, I have been working from the age of seven. <laughs> um, and I really, you know, I didn't always, I guess I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always kind of been hustling because I had to, um, as a kid, you know, we had to scrape together whatever we could. Um, and you know, I had to grow up very fast. And so that I guess kind of developed in me kind of this ability to like, Oh, you know, I could do this and I can make a little money. I can do this. I can do this. And I kind of enjoyed the creativity of it. I've always been an overachiever, you know, a straight A student, that kind of thing. And I think all of that stemmed from just really wanting to succeed, really wanting to do more and to be more and to get out of the situation. Like I didn't, it's not that my situation was bad. It's just, we were really poor and I wanted more for my life. And I dreamed yeah. of traveling. I dreamed of doing all these things and, um, and I, I wasn't going to have that, right. Like, you know, and so I just, I really wanted all of that. So, and I thought that my, maybe my education could get me there. So I just, you know, got straight A's, whatever I couldn't, of course, my parents couldn't afford college. And, um, so I knew I was going to be on my own and, um, I married my high school sweetheart at 17 years old and I moved okay. to California and uh with him and um 
And I started trying to go just get jobs and, and do whatever, right? At first, before I would try to go to college, I got a job at Target and I quickly moved from a cashier up to being an executive. And I um, was only, you know, I was very young. I think I was uh, 18 or 19 at the time. And, um, and I just always was asking them, like, what more can I do? What more can I learn? And I already had, you know, experience. My first job was McDonald's. Like my first like W2 job was McDonald's when I was 14 years old. And I quickly moved up to a crew chief position there and stayed there for many years. And every summer I'd have three jobs, you know, and just, I worked at Sears as a, um, I sold men's suits at Sears. So I learned how to like measure for clothing and everything. And then um, then I started working at Target. I was a cashier in the beginning and I was like, I need more. I need more. I want to do more. I want to learn more. And I quickly moved up and they put me in the garden center and I learned all of the plants. I learned everything I could learn about plants. And, um, and then before I knew it, they were like, they promoted me. Um, and then of course, him being military, we had to move. And okay. Once again, we moved to Georgia and I had to start over again. And I was like, okay, now I got to find another job. And so I got a job at a horticulture company and I learned spreadsheets and inventory management and all of that. And um, so I was, you know, doing inventory management and that's when I started trying to go to school. And I also got a job after that at a home healthcare agency doing accounting work because of my work with spreadsheets, right? I learned that I was able to kind of pivot into this accounting work. And I started going to college there in Augusta, Georgia, and I realized that these colleges did not care. They did not care if I had end of month reports. Like, you know, I was not the normal college student. I was working full time. I was paying for everything myself and it was hard. And uh, my my husband and I unfortunately didn't work out. Um, And I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? And I realized that in the military, your college is paid for, you get to travel the world. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. And nobody in my family has ever served in the military before me. Right. So it was just kind of like, okay, like, like this was kind of the unknown, but because of my experience with my, my ex, I learned that there was an opportunity there. And even though it was a scary opportunity, I just went for it. So I joined the U S air force (laughs) And, um, good and choice, I, good choice. If you have to choose, in my opinion. Yes, exactly. And, um, and I just went to tech school and again, I got distinguished graduate in all my tech schools, academic excellence. I, you know, the whole time I was in the military, I earned three undergraduate degrees, two master's wow. degrees, 100% paid for, but I, the whole time I was working full-time and going to school full-time. And, um, and cause that's the only thing I know how to do is hustle, right? I, I don't know how to do anything else. So, you know, for me, it was very normal to like, just overload myself with everything that I could learn, everything that I could do, every opportunity I could take. And, um, yeah, I met my current husband of 16 years, Rashid, uh, and we met in Korea and we were both stationed in Germany after that. And, uh, in the same career field. And we were best friends and, you know, ended up uh, starting to date about a, a year later. And then, you know, now we have two kids. They're 15 and 12. And um, and 16 years later uh, in marriage, you know, we're both retired from the Air Force. And, um, yeah, so that's that's what happened in the Air Force, right? I was a war planner and I also worked in cybersecurity. And, uh, and Let's pause there for a second. I want to ask a couple of questions. Okay. Yeah. Let's pause there. So... Um, one, I was raised in Africa. I know you know that, uh, and my listeners probably know that, but, um, growing up in, in dangerous, like war-torn places, uh, I've always just gravitated toward military people, people that have served because most missionaries don't have my experience. And, uh, most people don't have my experience in that regard, just those countries we were at the time and places we were, but it's always been a gravitation toward military uh, people. So it's very rare that honestly the church and, and, and military connect, but like when you understand what some of the, some missionaries do and the places they are kind of just makes a little bit more sense. And, um, you know, so I grew up with the Marines in Congo being like treating me like their little brother and, you know, at the embassy and things like that, my actual roommate and business partner in one of my other businesses, we've been in business together for four years now. 
um, do property management and Airbnbs and things like that in Kansas City. He's a uh, military intelligence, or he's out of the army, military intelligence, was a captain, um, did a lot of the briefings, I think. I don't know what wartime planning means, but from what he tells me, I think it's similar in some regard to like, you know, how he would brief, uh, you know, his superiors and kind of lay out a plan and things like that. And it's been great for me to be partnered with someone like that, that just thinks uh, kind of like in that very, like, this is how I have to communicate the information and plan ABC and contingencies. And like, you know, I'm a dreamer. So, uh, you know, being partnered with someone that really thought about those kinds of things, um, has yeah, been has been amazing for me and he did the same thing helps in the business for sure like I'm able to get more done than anybody that I know and everybody tells me that they're like I just don't understand how you can possibly do everything that you do and how you get it all done and and for me it all comes down to you know what your end goal is you know exactly you you lay it all out. You lay out the plan and you go execute and you don't waste your time on other things. You don't worry about what other people are doing. You get to it, get it done, mark it off the list, move forward. And if you, and you fail fast along the way, like, Oh, that didn't work. Keep going, keep going towards your goal. Right. And so that's really served me well. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that that would serve me well. It just kind of has always come naturally, but I'm sure now that other people point out to me that that's not normal for them, uh, that, you know, that really did benefit me for sure. Yeah. I don't think the e-com at least was pioneered by a lot of people that wanted to work more. Uh, <laughs> I think it was people that wanted a different quality of life than what they had, like, honestly, like private label sellers and things like that. And it's changed. Right. But in the early days it was, I don't, I've worked 20 years at this GM position at Harley Davidson and I want out, I want time with my kids. Um, I'm, I'm more like you uh, in regards to I had three jobs through college, supported myself from a poor family, from the dirt. Like, you know, I've just always worked. I've just always worked. I don't know. I'm, I'm in year eight of, of marketology. I still work 15 hours, 16 hours by choice. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And I loved it. I love it. I'm just passionate about work. And I just found finally something that I love uh, versus three or four jobs that I didn't love, but that I, you know, just, just gave it my all. I want to ask one more thing, the computer science thing. So I touched the military piece, um, the computer science thing. So I'm a computer, I, I went to school for computer science. Um, and I think that that's been one of my my special skills in entrepreneurship now that I'm building, you know, companies is, was really, while I'm not, I'm not in networking or security anymore. Like I used to be one, it is why I gravitate toward white hat because I just, I learned security, like, you know, anti-hacking and all that kind of stuff in college, but it really ha allowed me like, just like you build a software program, at least even in school and you learn, you learn these programming languages, you are able to say, Hey, this is how we want the program to work. And then to get it to work, you just break it down to these bite size moves like these bite-sized things you need to create you know and i think that um computer science that thinking that kind of reverse engineering thinking um really has been like a huge part of my success and i think for those people that are super creative being able to learn those skills of breaking down like a big vision into actionable steps is like super super critical um you know, to success. So I think you've got a couple of these building blocks, not not just because I'm relating to them, but these building blocks that like, you've got computer science, you've got like, yeah, and I actually know, a hard don't have computer mom. science. I have zero computer science background. I got a master's degree in cybersecurity because it was fascinating to me, but all my undergrad degrees are uh, business. And um, I was recruited so cyber security cyber side of things because of my war planning and air warfare experience. And they wanted that side of things on the cyber side of things. So I, it was actually really hard for me to go through military cyber schools because I didn't have the computer science background. I had to work twice as hard as everybody else because I was like, okay, wait a minute. You guys are converting hex to binary and binary to hex. And I'm, I don't even know what that is. So I had to study twice as hard for all the people that had that background. And my job that I got was contingent on me passing these schools. And so, you know, it was another way for me to show grit and for me to show like, I can do this, you know, I can get through this, even though I don't have this background. And so I did go on okay. to get, you know, the top certifications in the field of cybersecurity and um, just did some really incredible things in cybersecurity. And 
um, you know, got to do hacking competitions and all kinds oh of like, worldwide hacking competitions and stuff like that. And just um, lead a really incredible team and, and do really amazing things. But I, I do agree that, um, that anything you learn, any of your skills, um, it's, it's all about how you apply them. Right. I think sometimes people get stuck in a, you know, Oh, I need to learn how to do that. And for me, application, I just comes kind of naturally. I'm able to kind of take something that I've learned and apply it. And I don't know if it's because in the military, everything is fed to us through a fire hose and we're expected to just like learn, 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 memorize, 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 memorize. And then later on, you're going to apply it under pressure, right? And you just kind of get used to that. And so for me, I'm a sponge and I try to just learn as much as I can. And then I just apply it under pressure and I'm not afraid to fail because I've, I've been exposed to that over and over and over again. I'm, okay. Even if I don't fully get it, it's fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, if I make a mistake, I'll figure it out, you know, but I know that the knowledge is in there. And so, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the things is just like fire hose and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the way you think. And thanks for clearing that up because there is a big difference. And I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Um, I When I went to school for computer science, I actually got gifted two master's degrees last year. Kind of like a... Congratulations. Through, through this path. Thank you. Because I wasn't going back to school after I got my bachelor's years ago. I, I was going to basically say I got my bachelor's years ago. And computer science, uh, cybersecurity, there weren't really that many different fields at that time you was like networking and security or programming that's that was the degrees at school yeah uh, and my my best friend runs an app security department at the local hospital um so he he's more on like i think what you were saying there which is like you know cybersecurity, and it's changed now to even application security but um a exploding field by the way uh for anyone that's listening um cybersecurity professionals are like as uh, few and far between as like true e-com professionals. That's why uh, I wasn't afraid to leave. Well, I was afraid to leave my six-figure cybersecurity job to go into e-commerce full-time. But the part of me not being so afraid was like, look, I know I'm like so highly qualified and I could walk into any job anytime if I wanted to go back and get a job later, you know? So that actually helped. That was Help me like get off the like jump off the cliff and just go for it, you know. <laughs> well, there's a huge difference to me in the natural the business model. Ecom is about like growth. It's a growth thing. It's an abundance thing. Like in in in, in its like in its context, right? I'm generalizing. And cybersecurity is like scarcity, save it, protect it, be like overly like you know analytical. And not that you don't need both of those things, but one is more about like fear and danger and protecting everything. And e-com is about like, where can I find growth? Like, you know, and it's just kind of a different thinking. You're working kind of in tech and in both sides, but it's just a different mindset. As someone, I used to work in uh, at a NOC, a network operations control room at MasterCard, the credit card company. And um, you're just waiting on basically networks to try to get hacked or break. And then you jump in and, you know, reroute traffic and all of that. And there's a part of it that I love, but it was about 11 and a half hours of a 12 hour shift that I didn't enjoy because it was just essentially waiting on, you know, something bad to happen. And I, I just really didn't enjoy that. Uh, but I enjoyed tech. So I found e-com. I want to get, I just relating to that is so crazy because I would have never guessed these things about you, Amy. Um, I knew you were, um, did some amazing things in the military. I just had no idea. And I know what it means to have to learn both sides. Like, so you crossing over to that, uh, the cybersecurity and passing these tests that these guys maybe have been in school for, for a very, very long time. Is, As a woman is, too, um, there was like no women. <laughs> There's no women. So I, I had really zero, <laughs> I had zero women in my entire college. Like, yeah. Yeah, being a woman doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's really awesome. Okay, so you talked about you're like you're in the military, um, married, and you're like, okay, that was my that was my career. When did ecom? Where does ecom come in? So in 2007, I started selling my books on Amazon, my textbooks. Um, as a hobby, like just while I was going through college. And so that's when I started selling in e-commerce is 2007. Um, and 
I, I don't know. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. I started selling different things on eBay, just kind of hobby. Right. And then later on when I was stationed in Hawaii, I had my own, um, I was painting wine glasses and beer steins and I had my own Etsy store. Um, and you know, so I just kind of always like dabbled in e-commerce and, um, I had like a fitness non-for-profit while I was in the military. I just did different things. Right. So I've always kind of been an innovator. I've always kind of been a little, uh, a hustler, right? Like that's just my, in my blood, but, um, but what happened, what had happened was in 2017, um, I, I get really bad migraines. Um, I have chronic severe migraines, which means I have 15 or more headache days a month. And oh my it's, gosh. it's a very severe condition and it's no fun. And, um, I have cats and the litter box is terrible. And one of the triggers for migraines for me, I can control my migraines as long as I can control my triggers. And one of my major triggers is smells. So I can't be around like cigar smoke. You'll notice me at events. Like if people are smoking cigars, I run the other way because I don't want to end up in the hospital or end up, you know, just not being happy for the rest of the event. Um, so anyway, I have this condition and I have three cats and I, you know, we were cleaning the litter boxes, scooping them a couple times a day. We tried the automated litter boxes. We did all these things and nothing removed the smell. Like we were scooping twice a day and it's still smelling. Like I was going on these cat groups on Facebook and people were like, yeah, you have to clean it multiple times a day. And I'm like, I'm doing that. You know, I've tried all the litter boxes. I've done all the things. I'm, you know, and of course I went back to scooping because that was the, the least annoying thing to do, you know, and, um, and no matter what I could do, I could not get rid of the smell. And I just was like, you know, I've always been one of those people who carried around a notebook of ideas. And I would sketch different ideas. I've always been an inventor. Um, I've always created my own prototypes for things at home. Like I've, that's just who I am. Um, I'm a creator. And so I was just like, every time I would go TDY with my cyber unit, I would be sketching in my notebook and trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And I was sketching litter boxes, like different forms of litter boxes, trying to like figure that out for months. And I think it was almost a year that I was doing this. And, um, and I woke up at like 3am one day and I was like, Oh my gosh, the problem is the litter box. Like nobody's innovating outside of the litter box. Like everybody keeps trying to create a better litter box, but all the litter boxes I'm sketching are just basically the same result as every other one that I've tried. Right. I'm like, the problem is the litter box. So I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I start pulling apart laundry mesh. And I'm like, if I can just find something that I can pour the litter box into and like scoop it all at once, it's going to be fast. And I'm able to clean it super quick instead of having to sit there with a scoop for 15 minutes, you know, making a mess. And so I was totally making a mess in my laundry room at 3 a.m. Like, pouring litter all over the place, you know. Your husband's like, what is going on? He's used to me. He's been married to me so many years. You know, he's used to my craziness and he puts up with it well. He deserves a medal for that. Um, but, you know, I as soon as Home Depot opened, I went to Home Depot. It was like 7 a.m. And I bought like hardware mesh and whatever I could find. And then I brought like a, I, I brought him like a, a waste bin and inside of that, like I put the hardware mesh and I built a wood frame with handles and I picked it up and I poured the litter box into it and it worked like a freaking charm. It was incredible, Andrew. And I was like less than 60 seconds. I had cleaned three litter boxes, dumped them all in there, got, got rid of all the waste at one time and put the clean litter back in the box. And I was like, I have something here. Right. So I was like, this is cool, but I had no idea. Even though I have an MBA and a couple of undergraduate business degrees, I can read the 10K analysis for amazon.com, but I can't, I don't know how to bring a product to market from scratch. Right. I didn't know how to take this prototype that I had built. And I, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll go on Shark Tank or maybe I'll, you know, and and the crazy thing was I was so motivated because I was using my prototype every day. And I thought I had just invented a better way to clean the cat litter box, like a faster way. But all of a sudden, Andrew, I smelled nothing. 
even after cleaning and even after, you know, the cats had used the litter box again, I went into my tiny little laundry room and I saw, I smelled nothing. And I was like, how is this possible? So I brought my friend over who has dogs and she doesn't like cats. And I was like, am I nose blind? What's happening here? Why don't I smell it anymore? And she was looking at my three litter boxes and with stuff in them, waste in them. And she was like, that's amazing. I smell nothing. So not only did I invent a faster way to clean multiple litter boxes at one time, I invented, like, I got rid of the odor. And so we did this study and we figured out that the clumps that are in clumping litter, when you're using a scoop, you break them apart and contaminate all the clean litter and clean litter doesn't stink. So no matter whether you're using an automatic cleaning litter box or a scoop, you've got those clumps and those clumps are getting broken up. And that's why it stinks after you clean it. And with my device, you don't have that problem because you just pour it in and then the clumps stay on the top. And then you can like any that are stuck to the litter box, you don't, you can just scrape them off and get rid of them. Right. So it's super fast, super easy and eliminates the odor. And I was like, wow, I have to bring this to market. I have to, there are so many people, even pregnant women that can't touch litter, like so many people that could use this product. And so I was like, I got to figure this out. And the biggest thing, Andrew, is I started like calling design firms and stuff to try to help me. And they all wanted like $30,000 just to turn my drawing into another drawing. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, wait a minute. You know, I'm the creator. I'm the innovator. I'm the hard charger. I'm not the take no for an answer kind of girl. And I'm like, no, uh, -uh, I don't think so. You're not playing me. Companies bring products to market every single day. This cannot be impossible. And so I just set out on a mission. I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn this. I started cold calling manufacturers. I built my own 3D printer. I, whatever I had to do and everything that I learned, I shared for free. I didn't care. I was like, I got on YouTube, whoever would listen. I got in face on Facebook and I just started sharing. I was like, Hey, you have an idea. I figured this out today. I figured this out today. And then I was combining it with my e-commerce knowledge uh, because, you know, I've been selling on Amazon since 2007. So I was like, you know, I know I can launch this. I know I can do this. Right. And people started following me and asking to consult with me. And I was like, I don't do that. <laughs> like, that's not my thing. Right. I'm just trying to help you. And I'm, I'm going along the way. And before I knew it, and I started copywriting too, because my molds cost me $42,000 and because, yeah, they were really expensive. It's a large product. Right. And so I was like, man, I want to pay these things off, right? So I started on Fiverr, I started copywriting because I'm a really good copywriter. And I'm also pretty good at SEO with my little hacker mindset, right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to master this algorithm. I'm going to figure this stuff out. And I'm going to like, just be good at this. Plus I've been an instructor in the military for all this time. Like, so I'm really good at teaching. I, and I like to learn things to the level where I can teach them because that's how I learn. So right. This was the path that I was on. I was just like, okay, I'm going to launch this company. I wrote a business plan. I started going to my local uh, S small business development center, getting feedback, meeting other entrepreneurs, um, getting feedback from my business plan. And then I started just sharing whatever I would learn along the way, like how to set up a business, what I learned about accounting, what I learned about anything, trademarks, legal. Like I just was sharing my journey and I didn't care who listened. I, I was just like, there's other people out there who are like me, who are highly educated and have an idea and have a dream and they can't get there because they just don't have, they've got this stupid scholastic knowledge that they can't do anything with on the ground. So I was like, I'm going to be their boots on the ground. I'm going to share, I'm going to go charge forward, figure it out. And I'm going to share with whoever will listen. So that's what ended up happening. I was copywriting. And I figured out the algorithm so well, Andrew, that people started, I was turning around these saturated products. I would take like a saturated product, like a felt letterboard, and I would rewrite it as an office sign. So I'd study the market and find out where this product wasn't selling. And I'd be like, okay, this would make a great receptionist sign or office sign. What's the keyword opportunity there? And I would rewrite people's listings and have them redo their photos and they'd sell out of these saturated products and sometimes become number one in their category. And they, they're like, how did you do that? I want to consult with you. I, how do you, you know, and I would, for me, this is just like, I'm, I'm the gap filler. I'm figuring things out. Right. So I started consulting. I was like, fine, 50 bucks. Let's just get together. Like whatever. 
Well, those people What year were, was this? What year was this? This was 2017 and 2018. Yeah. Okay. So, and you had been selling, this was your first private label product, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I'm like, you've been selling, but you were doing like- I was doing retail arbitrage and wholesale because I wanted to learn because Amazon had changed so much since I started in 2007. Right. So I so needed you... to learn FBA and all of those other models. So I was like launching wholesale products. I launched three other private label products myself before I even finished my invented product. Um, and I just was like on this path to like learn and share and grow. And then at the same time, because I'm crazy on top of my full-time job, I started copywriting and consulting and I still had my private label and, and all these other things that we were doing wholesale, everything else. Right. And yeah, so that was like in 2018, I literally, Andrew, I would come home from work at my cybersecurity job, very high profile job, right? And I would be on coaching calls from five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I would go to bed. I'd get up in the morning, go to my gym, do it all over again. All weekend long, I'd have consulting calls or I'd be trying to catch up on my business. And I was literally crumbling. I would take like two weeks of leave from work and I would still be two months behind. I didn't even realize that Amazing at Home was born. I was happening right before my eyes. I didn't set out to start a consulting firm. I just literally built the website over the weekend because I had the domain name and people were booking with me. And I was like, I need to automate this. I can't keep manually booking on a calendar and meeting on Google Hangouts. Like this is crazy. And so, yeah, the whole thing just like took off like crazy. And before I knew it, I was like, my friend Efton, he is a life coach. And he was like, Amy, you have to quit your job. And that Andrew had never occurred to me. Yep. I had, I was like, what, what do you mean I have to quit my job? Like I can't quit my job. I pay the mortgage. And he was like, uh, didn't you tell me you're turning clients away and you're like working 24 seven. What do you think is going to happen if you put all that energy into your business? And I was like, no, Epton, you don't understand. I pay the mortgage, (laughs) you know? And he was like, no, we're going to make a plan. And in six months, you're going to leave your job. And we did, we made a plan. I set aside six months of pay, like six months of whatever the bills would cost so that I could just focus on the business. And Efton helped me talk off the ledge. And that is one of my videos. That's still the most popular video today, because I, I did a a video interview with Efton and we talked about me leaving my job. And that video really it impacted a lot of people in a big way for them to see like, Hey, she did it. I can do it too. I don't have to be afraid to quit my job because so many people, it just doesn't occur to them. They just don't like, I, I, even though I invented this product and everything, it never occurred to me that I'd have to quit my job. It makes me think about, um, you know, the principal or like the, uh, like the elephant that's just tied in, like he has a rope around his foot and it's just like this little stake cause he's had it his whole life, but he's this massive elephant. He could easily like, you know, just move on, but he doesn't because he feels like the little, the little rope on his foot. Right. And yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually got my start on Upwork and Marknology turns eight in August. So, uh, I think I started in 14, but I was working a day job. Give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you're looking to um, find a great development team, fullscale.io is a great place to start. Uh, and was just figuring out Amazon SEO. And I think we were making pennies back then, even probably in 18. You know, it's really changed. The industry didn't exist, so it wasn't like you were seeing other people doing it. I wasn't even like out there in 18, 17, eight, like, you know, I was just doing my thing, busy word of mouth, you know, just, I uh, didn't have any time to spend on my marketing or my website because I was building everybody else's. Um, and I never, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant, you know? And, and I just think uh, we, we definitely need to spend some more time together because uh, the stories are just so close. Maybe we could even like do a really cool YouTube on it. Um, but like my hashtag has been watch me work for 10 years, you know, uh, because I just wanted to, I, I'm nobody from nowhere, 
that found e-commerce and that just went in all in and 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 just uh at a low point in my life just kept investing back in on me i'm just going to go all in what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen um and you know not that it's like enormous amounts of success or anything but my quality of life is so much higher and and yes um, you know i didn't even pay myself i didn't even pay myself um for like the first couple of years and when I finally hired an accountant, she was like, yeah, Amy, in your part-time where you were just writing listings for like pennies, right? And you were just working part-time while still full-time at your job. You earned over $100,000 yourself, by yourself, between consulting and, and listings. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what? Holy wow. Okay. Over, it, over how much time? Over how much It was time a six-month period of time where I was only working part-time after my job, consulting and writing lessons all by myself. I didn't have anyone with me. And now Amazing at Home is an S-Corp and I'm selling my private label brand. And I just can't, and I have built in that time period, I left my job in October of 2018. I started taking people on trips to China. I had a China sourcing trip company and, um, and I still do that. I just do it under Amazing at Home. And now we're going to Mexico as a sourcing trip. You know, I do conferences. I have an events company. I have Amazing at Home. But I have built seven six-figure businesses since 2018, since I left my job That's in incredible. 2018. One of those businesses while I was still working full-time. And I just, I didn't even know, you know, like there's, and now, like you said, your quality of life I went to Peru last month um, without, I didn't even bring my laptop. My team is so on fire. Like they're amazing. They just handle everything. And I didn't, I just brought my phone and I had the most wonderful time. And I was like, this is life. Like, this is what it's like to be a business owner. I get to go to Peru on an entrepreneur's wellness retreat and have an amazing time. And I have amazing people taking care of, of my bottom line. And I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is. I help people all the time in consulting, hire their first employee, get past that first, you know, they put up barriers. They put up barriers to their own success. They look at six figures and they go, ah, oh, no, that's, or they get to six figures and they go, I can't even see seven figures. I'm just going to stay right here and be safe because everything else is scary for me. And so I love being in the business of giving people permission permission to grow, permission to leap. You know, that is what I love about consulting because you can really make a difference for somebody and help. If you just help them see a path, if you can help them through some things that you've already struggled with, you know? And so that's, I love helping people with their toughest challenges. It's, it's just incredibly rewarding. And I swear I get so many messages every week from people that are like, you changed my life. And that is so overwhelming. And, you know, even people coming up to me at conferences and stuff, like I've been following you for years. You thank you so much for your videos and thank you for helping me. And, you know, I just, I can't, it's so it's, I get so much more joy giving than I do even receiving from it. You know, it's not even, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like joy and love and, strength and you know all the things I didn't know life could be like this and I just try to remember I try to remind everybody that I work with that's stuck in the ruts and they're trying to scale and they're trying to grow I'm like hey guys the grass is green over here I promise I promise it's green I promise you're gonna get there you just gotta keep going keep grinding there's a way (laughs) no and I'm glad I'm glad you took that month because um I know like with every, like every time there's, you know, there's the wins and there's that month, but it didn't come easy. And, you know, it took a lot of time to get to a point where you can step away for a month. I remember the time I stepped away for the first weekend uh, was like, you know, a really big deal. It was like an accelerator thing I went to and they were having no laptops or phones or whatever. And I was just like panicking, you know, like what happens if something goes wrong? I think that there's something whenever you, when an entrepreneur is born of, um, you know, difficulty out of difficulty, let's say like financial difficulty with your parents or like, you know, scarcity that you kind of just build in these traits of like, uh, you know, your mom always helping you and, you know, you kind of carry that on. Like, you just like, you're helping, you just don't even know really how to receive. That's something we've got to work on, you know, yeah. uh, because, 
you can't give from a place of empty. You know, I was, I was talking to Carlos Alvarez. We talk about that a lot. And it's just like, you know, certain people are wired differently and I'm talking about sellers, helping sellers and uh, you can give, 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 but you have to start with, with yourself, which is like, take that sabbatical or, or get that month in Peru or like set that goal out there. My, when people ask me like, well, what's one thing you would change or what's one regret you've had or what's one thing you've done wrong as an entrepreneur? For me, I'm like, I regret, I don't have regret. I don't want to use that word. I would say um, I've always set my ceiling too low for, for, mm-hmm. you know, who, how, how much I can grow or what I can accomplish. And I think I'm setting it high. You know, I really do. I just, I think I'm setting it like high and then I get there and then I'm lost again because I set it too low. And then I'm like, okay. Um, you know, for me, it was coming from low income was I have to believe that I can manage wealth and manage funds and I'm worthy of that. And, you know, I can help, how can I help other people get there? Right. Uh, if I haven't accomplished that myself or at least in my mindset. So it was, um, these things are, are things that, uh, we're talking business, right? We're talking business consulting. We're talking Amazon consulting, com consulting, but it's also just personal. It's, it can directly relate to your personal journey. And, you know, you as the entrepreneur, you as a leader, I talk to people about leadership and I'm like, I remind them that like, all of us are leaders. We're leaders of our own life first, you know, or maybe you have a, a, a cats or you have a dog. So you're still their leader. You know, you're still like their pack leader and you're still taking care of them. And um, we start with ourselves and it goes outward from there. And I think um, one last thing I'll say is like a, a lot of education. I think it was in DC. I was reading an article about the, the school systems in DC. And it was talking about the mayor one thing he did to absolutely change um, the neighborhoods there in the education system was giving kids from uh, inner city schools and neighborhoods a vision of letting them literally see what life is like in different places outside of their neighborhood and the difference in, in children simply being able to see that the grass is greener, let's say, or that, you know, there's this different life that you can actually like enjoy your life and what you do versus just clocking in and out. Um, is possible and the difference in um, you know grades grades and like finishing rates at school and high school and all those things in those cities in DC has made a, a huge change because of some of the initiatives the mayor's been doing and I might be misquoting some of that but the principle being um, whenever you're able to give a vision or cast it and I think that's why you're so passionate about what you do is like hey, I didn't know if this was possible for me um i'm sharing my work watch me work you know that's my that's my slogan but that is not about a braggadocious thing or an ego thing it's about literally i've been posting this for eight years because i want you guys to see you know what hard work and intentionality and focus can do creating a life by design and i stumbled into it by accident as well like i had no idea what i was doing i just got excited i was trying to find a side hustle to pay off my my divorce at the time and um, so I was like, you know, tinkering and side hustling and found e-com, I think, in a similar way as you. I didn't have a brilliant invention, more so as just uh, working with people with their inventions and helping bring those to life. But um, adding a little color to that, just because I think everything you just shared, trying to trying to frame that for anyone that's listening, um, is is the absolute value. And I think that I didn't understand the value of a consultant or a coach or a mentor or paying to learn something until I felt like I had something to teach others. And, um, you know, now that I know that I can help others and help other businesses and really see them grow and change their lives, I'm way more open about um, receiving that coaching or that mentorship or like, you know, sourcing and uh, what can I learn about? For me, it was finances. A big thing was finances and understanding how to really do accounting and bookkeeping and and get some help there and not just from a do it for me but from a teach me kind of thing um just making a little plug about you know people that are maybe like feeling stuck that are listening or like want to know where they can take their their brand or their business and just are like i need someone to just come in here and maybe just even give me encouragement or like push me in the right direction or help me get a little bit more organized a lot of creatives are not also organized i think that's something that hearing your story resonates with me is you're kind of a hybrid in that sense you know you're creative you're an inventor you're sketching all the time but you're also extremely process oriented and organized and you know your team's running your stuff so that's not something that most people i think um yeah and even even like big companies with a lot of money you know i've i have gone into uh you know I, i do some contract work for some of the bigger companies helping them 
you know, operationalize and build systems and manage their teams. And, um, and me and my team just come in and just, you know, just overhaul the thing and get them organized. But I, I've noticed that every company that I've come into is very disorganized. And, you know, that's the reason they have high employee turnover is because when people come in and they don't feel that they're making a difference and they don't know where they fit into the organization and they don't have communication or follow-up and they don't have a system that they can work within, they don't get anything done. They feel like their hands are tied at work. They don't enjoy themselves. So there, nothing gives me more... Um, pleasure than to be able to come into an organization and help them get organized and help their team feel just like rock stars, you know, and everybody who meets my team, they're just like, wow, where did you find those people? And it's like, it's not where I found the people. It's what I did with the people I found, you know, it's giving them a purpose, giving them the ability to grow, recognizing their strengths, holding them accountable, you know, Sinking, communicating, empowering, you know, but all of that, you can, you can say all those cool words about your employees. You can be like, yeah, I'm going to communicate with them and I'm going to sync with them and I'm going to empower them. But if you do that all without any system or organization, you're going to end up in the same frustrated place. And so yep. for me, it's just the first step is always build the plan. The second step is build the system for the plan. The third step is operationalize that system, right? Like start make start making it work and build your templates and just go, 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 go. If I do something more than t- two times, it's like, like, for example, if I type out an email that's a similar email twice, I go build a zap for it. And that email is then drafted in my inbox every time something comes in with that subject line. Right. If I'm asking people for information more than a few times, I go build the form on my website. I don't build it now. I have my team do it. Right. They know how to do it. We have processes for all that. Uh, But it's just so incredible how much you can get done. You know, people ask me that all the time. Like, how do you get all this stuff done? And it's like we have a system. We have a system that empowers people to move and move fast and just go, go, go and do it. And I just, I love it. I love applying those skills outside of the military uh, because it's just so impactful and effective. And, um, you know, and I'm very grateful for, uh, for those skills and having learned those skills. And also for my, my own, you know, drive to want to uh, figure it out, to want to create, but then also to put the puzzle together. I just thrive. Problem solving, problem solving at its finest. And uh, it's a short saying, but uh, my roommate says it all the time. Know your job. Must be a military thing. Just know your job. Like, you know, what are we here to do today? What's your job today? Do you know it? Is it clear? You know, all right, let's go. Let's let's execute. You know, and you can have a team of three. It doesn't matter. Does everyone know what they're doing today? Does everyone know what they're in charge of? You know, what's the process? What's the plan? Let's, yeah, let's we execute. Have a, so. We have a Slack channel um, called KPIs and that every day our people make their little to-do list and they put their KPIs in the Slack channel. And it's like, it's so nice in the morning when I wake up to just be able to go through everybody's KPIs for the day. And you don't have to be super detailed. Like it's like two or three words of like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. Then I'm gonna do this. These are my top priorities for the day. It's so good to be able to look across the team and see that because then that also helps us communicate with each other. If we know that this person's working on a big project that is really top priority for our organization, we're not going to bother them with some little, Hey, do you remember where this file is located? You know, like we're, we're going to work it out or work with somebody else. But yeah, I agree. Like you need to know what your responsibilities are and, and be able to communicate those and set your goals. I mean, I think the big thing for entrepreneurs too is just goal setting. It's huge. Um, and something I do in my mastermind group is we do monthly planning sessions. We do annual planning and quarterly planning sessions. Um, and the way I teach planning is unlike anybody else. So I don't use like the smart goals because nobody has time for that. <laughs> nobody has time for that, you know? So what I do is teach people how to set their top goals, break them down into executable steps. And I have like a process for that. And then um, I teach them how to put it on their weekly schedule. And that allows them to stay laser focused on what they're doing and not what somebody else is doing and not go chasing squirrels, 
right? Of, you know, oh, that's interesting. Let me go get into crypto today or let me go do this. And then we're not even, you know, and the other thing it does for you is so many entrepreneurs, all they do is put out fires and it's because they have no goals. They don't have any organization. And then when you're setting goals, so what I do is I set goals with my team. So during our weekly syncs, at the end of the month, the last week of the month, we sync over our month, our plans, our goals for the next month. And then we break those down and now we know what our priorities are. And so it's just like we put them in order. We give them a week number and now we, we stack those tasks on a Monday for that week. And then the weekly planning, we just look at the tasks for the week, drag them across the calendar and go and do right. And it's just, it's so effective and so efficient and Um, and that's a huge thing. Like it's, it's, it's a game changer when you know how to set goals, when you know how to plan and you fit it into your existing schedule and you don't feel like, oh my gosh, is this a smart goal? Do I have all everything written properly? No, just set your goals, get it done, put it on your calendar, do your best, outsource what you need to outsource and keep going. I love it, Amy. Um, that is just absolute fire. Uh, and, you know, I know for me, all hell can be breaking loose, you know, and it, maybe it was growing up the way I grew up, but, you know, his mom would gather us together or whatever, you know, she's, we've been in war zones, like, you know, and had to have a mom, mom and kid talks, you know, kind of about what's going on. So some real talk and, uh, you know, is no matter what was going on, it was, we kind of go to worst case scenario and maybe that's not the best example to bring up, but in general, bring up worst case scenario. Right. And it's usually not that bad. And it like, I know my anxiety immediately drops by 90% when I have a plan, right? Yeah. And what whatever's going on, if it's money, if it's family, if it's a health thing, if it's whatever might be going on, it's as soon as we sit down as a team or even in myself, like sit down, I'm like, do I have a plan? Do I have a plan? Am I just sitting there thinking about this problem nonstop, like without really knowing what I'm attacking? But when I sit down, I have a plan, even if it's six months out or a year, I know this plan is going to take a year to get there. Like, let's say it's fixing a credit score. It's who knows, you know, what that could be paying off $40,000 molds, you know, Um, (laughs) you kind of just set a plan out there. You're like, okay, I'm going to go write SEO and like offset this cost. And before long, you had an entire business, uh, you know, from it or our business was coming from it. So I think that plan not just for getting stuff done, but for reducing that fear and reducing that anxiety and reducing those other things that can be counterproductive to executing. Um, it all starts with a plan. So we're, we're coming up on the hour. I want to give you one last shot to um, just the last couple of minutes, just share something, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot. And I think it's, it's super inspiring, especially if someone is, is thinking about these things and making the leap or feeling unorganized or one, they know where to get help. We're going to have all of our show or all of her, contacts and information and stuff in the notes so you'll be able to find amy um but as well tune into all of her content you know it's it's amazing you're on all kinds of channels i believe so there's not just one one uh size fits all but you know someone there's something for everyone and um but what's you know what's one thing to leave with uh you know maybe an entrepreneur that's feeling overwhelmed or or simply someone that's uh you know, stuck in their nine to five and maybe someone that's either overwhelmed, that's already taken the leap or someone that's maybe in their nine to five or, or in their daytime job. That's just, just dreaming about more and in a different quality of life. You know, uh, this answer has changed for me over the years. Um, Good. but something that has made a humongous difference in my life is knowing that I have the power and the ability to choose to be happy. And the only thing that is keeping me from doing that is realizing that I am not my thoughts. And for me, I I started on this journey. um, I went on this, uh, I did this Miracle Morning. It started with Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning book. It's called The Miracle Morning. There's a movie on Netflix too, if if you're not into reading books. Um, But Miracle Morning, watch the movie, read the book, and start doing some of these things that Hal teaches in the morning to start off your day. But then the second thing that Hal did is he recommended this book, And I actually read this book on the seller cruise 
and it really changed my life. Um, he recommended this book called The Inner Work, An Invitation to Lasting Freedom and Happiness. And what this book is about is showing you that you, you can literally watch your thoughts go by. When you have a thought, you can watch it. That means you are not your thoughts. And so many people get stuck in these negative thoughts or they get stuck in the past or they just, they don't realize that they are not their thoughts and it drags them down. And so I read this book, The Inner Work, and it just really started something in me. And then I went to Peru and I learned about meditation and I learned how to really calm the mind and how to like separate all those thoughts from who I am, right? And um, and now I'm, I'm reading a book called Living from a Place of Surrender. Um, and that has just been really, really incredible and just kind of showing you all of that. But if I could leave... It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, whether you're at your nine to five or whether you're hustling as an entrepreneur or whether you've got it all figured out and like, it's the best time of your life. You know, if you can't get out of your own head and your own negativity and you can't be in the moment, none of it matters. So I'm on this journey to really focus on being in the moment every day. And in that I'm creating my future. And a lot of people don't realize that they have the perfect ability to create their future and that your future is created not by what you visualize in the future, but by every moment that you experience every single day. And you have the choice in every moment to be present and have gratitude and think about the bigger picture, no matter what you're going through. And to me, you know, my mantra since I've been an entrepreneur and I've been really, really hustling has been enjoy the journey. Because what is it all for if we can't enjoy the journey? And so, you know, for me, that's, that's what I'd recommend. That's what I'd leave you with is, you know, go on that journey, start with the miracle morning, read the inner work. Um, you know, check out some of these, these books that teach you about mindfulness and realize that you are not your thoughts and you don't have to be stuck in a negative situation. No matter where you are, you can absolutely have the most incredible life and you can choose to be happy. And I, I just think that that is such a powerful thing and it's changed my life in such an impactful way. And, um, it's saved my marriage. It's, it's helped me teach my kids how to not get negative about other people saying things about them. Everything like Tony Robbins says, all you need is within you now, right? And and just being able to help people realize that and also myself realizing that has been more powerful than anything I could do as an entrepreneur. And it's really helping me just live the most amazing future that I could live by creating every moment and appreciating it day to day. Wow, Amy, thank you for that. That was, that was beautiful. Um, I say something to my crew all the time. I've kind of coined it. And I just say in those moments, like when I'm in those moments, I'm just like a reminder, like I feel like I'm reflecting in real time. It's like I'm reflecting back on the moment I'm in about how beautiful it is, but in real time. And it's just like a little silly thing, but just bringing like, you know, that presence to that moment and whatever we're doing. Like, you know, we had clients in town they flew in three of them, you know, like three, uh, this brand flew in. It wasn't just one. He came in, they stayed two days. They met with our team in our office that we've, you know, built. And I'm, I'm, I was stressed because if I'm hosting, that means I'm not doing everything else. And, um, you know, I just, my sister sent me a text that was just like, you know, I woke up today. We have a lot to do, but I'm just like, so grateful, um, for the life we've made and I'm getting to do it with my best friends. And uh, what could be better than that? So absolutely beautiful. Um, shout out again to our sponsor for making content like this happen, FullScale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Uh, great place to start. Uh, if you're looking to find a development team, I, I think um, FullScale is an awesome, an awesome company. They're the, they're the company behind uh, Startup Hustle. So to all our listeners, Amy, this is beautiful. Uh, I got a little choked up just even hearing that. So that was beautiful. And um, thanks again to our hustlers um, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Appreciate your attention. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. 
Um, you know, we, we provide this content for free to, to help sellers, to help uh, entrepreneurs, to just help whoever's listening, um, you know, hopefully learn a little bit more and get some value. So Amy, I know it won't be the last time. Thanks for part one. Uh, we'll pick this up where, where you left off. I'll, I'll tune in in a couple of months and, and see where you are with things. I know you're doing a whole lot. So uh, thanks again for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.